Sheriff Eric Sampson is in. Full uniform today. You must actually be going to work today. I am going. To, yeah. Going to, okay, Bonnie. Yes. Uh, yes, I'm on my way to work after I leave here uh, Monday morning. You know, normal routine. Okay. All right. Just just checking because, you know, there's been some times you've come in here and, you know, it hasn't been. So, yes. but Bonnie's convinced that you do that for her. So well, that's that's fine. I, I left the hat in the uh, trunk and I was tempted to bring it in, but I figured I'd, I'd keep that as bait so she has me continually coming Right. Out. Yeah, exactly. You can't give them what they want all the time. Exactly. You know? Yeah. It's like so it, great. Yeah. He looks so great in a uniform. <laughs> we, we're, guy. We've heard, we've heard. Seriously, it's like it was like when uh, Gary Coleman used to say, "What you talking about, Willis?" In every different Strokes episode, you can't do it every episode. You know, you there can't. You go. it Gets old. You got to leave him wanting more. Yes. I, it, I can do whatever. Uh, yeah, I, I understand. I understand. Um, budget process. Yes. That's concluding. Anything new for the sheriff's office approved through, yes. the, through the budget process? Uh, actually, we, we put a lot of effort into our dispatch, expanding the clientele and the services we're offering there. Um, we've taken on, um, since my time in office, we've taken on Green Fire, um, Sabatis PD, Sabatis Fire, Wales Fire. Uh, so, so we've brought back some of our f- former communities for service as well as expanded some that we've never had uh, before. And the goal is to kind of have a regional center uh, where people are contributing, you know, revenue in that offsets pro- hopefully the tax expenses, um, and keep it in county and not not really expand further than that. Although you could, it's just not the market we're interested in. Um, with through that, it's in uh, we, we need more space. So through the budget process, we got uh, funds to renovate a different section of the county building where the commissioners used to meet. We're going to be knocking down some walls, uh, moving into that area. I've also offered up my office so they could go a little bit bigger. I think uh, the current plan or the, the uh, square footage they're going to have will get it done, but we also can project probably more communities coming in. Um, so I think the best use right now would be to take as much room as possible, You know, displace me, we can move to another section of the building. Um, but the funds are there. Uh, the process is almost done. I think the last meeting is December 14th. It'll be good uh, to go from where the dispatch center is now in the building to this new center because they'll have a bigger space to operate out of. Uh, also, with that, we uh, got approved for another position. Second shift seems to be a little bit busy uh, right now. It's where a lot of calls come in. So there was a new dispatch position brought in on that. But we're kind of anxious to get the whole project started to find out if we're going to get the you know whole length of uh, the building or if my office will be excluded. Um, so that way we can relocate our dispatch center uh, you know, working in the existing footprint of the county building, uh, it's a it's it's a good space. Probably still not the ideal. Uh, the where the location is at Two Turner Street has its limitations. We're at the base of a floodplain. We've got train tracks behind us. We're at the bottom of a hill. All not ideal situations right, yeah. for a communication center. But that's where we are. It's the most cost effective way. And maybe in the future we can look at the feasibility of, uh, you know, moving the dispatch center along with probably the patrol services and civil. Uh, to another location but for now we'll uh, see how this goes we're also uh, on that note we uh, took a look at the infrastructure we have out in the communities with towers antennas and uh, the commissioners as well as the budget committee supported us upgrading or replacing that that equipment Um, with that we identified an area in Durham that we're going to put a repeater or voter one of those things out there I'm not sure which right now Um, 
but the engineers have looked at it and we're trying to improve the communication for our patrolmen out in the communities because there's lots of breaks in services with the topography and the hills and, and, and crests, much like I talked about us locating it at the bottom of this right. here. Um, so we're hoping that the equipment we're adding and the upgrades and, and replacements we're making in our three existing sites, adding a fourth, will improve radio communications affecting officer safety and uh, you know improving the communications overall. So um, when we dispatch to them or when they dispatch for what they, you know, call back for what they need, the communication will be clearer. So those are significant things I'm pretty excited about, happy about, and I, I look forward to start implementing, you know. That's great. Um, and, of course, uh, we all know that Sheriff Sampson volunteered to give up his office so that when he runs for re-election, he can be like, look, I'm the sheriff that gave up his office. That's right. I'm okay, going to move into that little center. little closet area right. where the dispatch area used to be. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'll have a bigger window, though. Right. I'll be it, honest about that. Bigger it's, window. It's like when I do a huge project at home and then somebody asks me to do something. I'm like, you know what? The reason I did this project is because I did this. You know, yeah. I did this specifically so that I don't have to do this. Look you know? what I gave up for you. Right, exactly. <laughs> That's really what it boils down to. Yeah. 813, 25 degrees means big Z. Dot com. Oh, you too. Uh, Eric Sampson is in. Sheriff Eric Sampson is in. Uh, we're talking about all the sheriffy things going on, of course. Uh, corrections programs going on or, or recently completed. Uh, I know you guys do a lot of those alternative sentencing uh, things and, and some other stuff that usually helps the community. So also some uh, other things that I show here on the list. I'll let you touch on those. Yeah. Um, I, as you know, I'm a big supporter of uh, alternative sentencing programs and the programs division within the uh, sheriff's office and the corrections division. I actually did the job for a while, so you you kind of know what opportunities there are. And part of my philosophy is if we keep people working or get them back in a normal routine when they're done serving their time or that part of uh, their sentence, uh, hopefully maybe they've, they've learned something. Uh, maybe they get that feeling of contributing to a project or getting involved with a normal routine or job. So there's all kinds of benefits we could talk about with offering alternative sentencing programs or offering alternative sentencing projects, and we're always looking to expand. A lot of times we find we're taking advantage of uh, somebody's skill uh, that they have coming in, and we're putting it to use for a school department or a nonprofit agency. Um, So it really works out well. Recently, we worked with the uh, Children's Advocacy Center. They relocated uh, to a new uh, location obviously. And uh, we, we started they actually relocated from the old location yeah, back to the old location. They drove around the block for a little bit listen, and then they went back. Listen, yeah. Between you I'll and leave, her, leave him alone. I, I'm going right. to go home and yeah. after this. He's done anyway, with it. Uh, they, they relocated and um, they, it's a house that they pretty much had to gut and re, redo everything. Um, and they were dependent a lot on volunteers to, to get that project done. And we brought over inmates or participants from an alternative sentencing program, I believe at Auburn Parks and Rec, we brought three to four over. And I think the programs director who coordinates these, Sergeant Victoria Langelier, saw what was going on and started bringing inmates from the correctional facility over after that uh, program at Auburn Parks and Rec was done. That was just a week long. Um, And really put them to work and I talked to the director at the Advocacy Center. We went over to kind of look around, hey, what's been done? What do you need to be done? And she couldn't believe how well the people brought over worked, how much you know they respected Sergeant Langelier and getting things done, how they took direction well, how they were always willing to do a little bit more, how they you know, participated in giving advice saying, hey, you know, if we did this instead of that, it might save you here. 
and, and if not for that, along with the many other volunteers, I know Chief Crawl, he was mentioned as being there as well. They would have never been able to renovate that that home. I mean, it was, I think that's fantastic. Yeah. So I, I've always said there's a lot that can be returned to the communities um, from the correctional facility, and it's something that the correctional facility really doesn't get enough note of. But they they do a lot, and it involves a lot of people. One of the other projects we do is uh, the knitting, crocheting, uh, and we've given to different organizations. But mm-hmm. uh, I went over a month or so ago, maybe two months now. I hard to remember. We brought over a couple of bags of hats to. At the time, it was Head Start, but now they've renamed themselves to. Yeah, there's a new name. Early early childhood mm-hmm. development. Um, and we have another batch of hats and scarves to go over. Of course, they were asking for mittens, um, but we, you know, mittens are kind of hard to, to knit and crochet. And I explained that to them after checking into it. It's just not practical for us to do. But, you know, that's another project that happens inside the facility, the knitting, crocheting to, to make the hats and scarves again, coordinated through uh, Sergeant Lee Angelier with the correctional staff that we have on corrections officers. So a lot of people are involved, obviously, inmates are doing the work. Um, but I think it goes to good things. It goes to nonprofits or people in need. And mm-hmm. uh, we look forward to doing those things along with our normal alternative sentencing programs, which were, you know, your low risk OUI offenders will say that uh, we have at schools throughout the county that, that want to participate or Auburn Parks and Rec has always been one that regularly. How do you find the businesses that will open their doors for help such as that? We try to offer it to nonprofits because uh-huh. I think that's appropriate. Oh, it is. Um, we don't want to interfere with. Uh, I was always conscious of, you know, providing labor is great, but I don't want it to be interfere with somebody who could need a job. In other words, if you're staffing oh, five people through a maintenance yeah. d- division at, at a school or a parks and rec program, you probably shouldn't not hire somebody because I can get this. You know, mm-hmm. that, that's not mm-hmm. right either. But we, we try to form and maintain relationship with superintendent of schools or maintenance departments with school departments, whether it's, you know, Lewiston or Auburn or some of the smaller outlier schools. And once we get those in, we have a program and, you know, sometimes there's some bumps in the road. People got to figure out the best way to manage the the participants. You're talking, you know, 50 to 75 people for a weekend and then maybe another 30 for the week. So you can get quite a bit done. Mm -hmm. I think the schools, Parks and Rec, I think they appreciate those Mm -hmm. programs, but programs that we have inside the jail, you know, you kind of network, whether it's ball fields or the SPCA. Um, back when they were on Hotel Road, we painted the whole thing for them. We offer things to them. Uh, in a, you know, if they take us up on the service, usually once they get comfortable with it, mm-hmm. you know, we'll end up coming back. And I think this advocacy thing was one of the most worthwhile, you know, the Children's Advocacy Center, one of the most worthwhile things we've done because they're going to have a, a long-term effect that, you know, that got them going, got them in, in the new building and it's able enable them to provide the services they need to do. And we had a good relationship with the children's advocacy and through our law enforcement, you know, uh, division and uh, kind of mingling it over to the, uh, uh, corrections center. It's, it's interesting because it's just an idea of in those relationships when your, your patrol deputies or detectives or even administrative staff is hearing this, it's the idea of, putting the thought in to say, hey, maybe the jail could help you out. Exactly. And and that's what we're really trying to do, branch out and have more external and improve our internal relationships or external relationships with uh, agencies or organizations in the community. And I think it serves them well. I think it serves the community well. And I think it represents what we're trying to do at the sheriff's office well. Speaking with Sheriff Eric Sampson, more with him on the way, 829, 26 degrees, Mains Big Z.
Seeing Sean Paul with Cheap Thrills, Means Big Z. More music, better variety. Always online at MainsBigZ.com. Sheriff Eric Sampson is in, getting us all caught up on the sheriffy things. Legislative session coming up. Uh, Main Sheriff's Association looking for sponsors for bills uh, for a couple of different issues. Yeah, uh, basically, we through the through the year looking at issues we're all having uh sheriffs made recommendations of things they'd like to see maybe for proposed legislations uh and we kind of like uh did the little surveys online narrowed it down met several times narrowed the list down to you know 10 issues the sheriff's association would like to see sponsor that it had you know support from your 16 sheriffs and um of those there's a couple that really would would be beneficial to us i've reached out to uh one of the local delegates to see if they were interested in sponsoring because at this point um, they're saying, do you have any of your local, you know, legislative or Senate candidates or delegations locally that would be willing to sponsor the bill. You always try to, um, you know, reach out to different, different people. So that way it's not always the same people proposing for us. And um, I've done that, but there's one where uh, if you remember with the dissolving of BOC last year and, the uh, control of the county jails coming back to the state. There was some funding provided. Historically, you know, as long as I've been employed with the sheriff's office, the state had designated $5 million to be distributed uh, to all the counties statewide from the community corrections account. Of that, you know, you'd get an allotment. I don't remember exactly what Andrew Scoggins was, maybe $150,000. And there was like an 80-20 split towards things like... Uh, uh, alternative sentencing had spent 20% of the funds for that. Uh, we spent the bulk of ours on main pretrial services, having you know bail pro- projects and programs uh, contracted out. It was fairly easy to do. Well, when they dissolved BOC, they kind of took all the state funding and they put it into that same formula, but they changed it to a 70-30 split. 30% had to be spent to that. Well, we're getting approximately $1.2 million. So it went from $100,000 to $300,000. Uh, that we'd have to spend out of that funding. We're asking that be adjusted because it's like a huge inflation. We don't have enough to, to fund our operating budget as it is. And if you don't spend what they're requiring you to spend, you actually uh, face uh, financial penalties. So that one is a very near and dear one to have addressed to us. I, you know, like I said, I've reached out to a couple of local um, office holders to say would they be willing to sponsor the bill. And I believe I've put them in touch with um, our executive director. So hopefully you get the ball rolling there, get that corrected so we're not faced with bigger financial hardships. And also with civil service process, um, there's some things going on in the state, not so much here, but you have organizations coming up from other states uh, starting to serve civil process papers. Um, there's some concerns with how business is being done, so we're actually propo- you know, bringing that issue, not, not here locally, but the Sheriff's Association is looking to address that issue through uh, one of the delegates and submitting a bill before you know, December 16th. And there's several others that, but the biggest um, impact for us is that one revolving that community corrections account, because I think the consequences for us here in Andrescon County are uh, pretty severe when it comes to the finances of it all. Sheriff Eric Sampson is in. We'll have more with him on the way. You're listening to The Breakfast Club on Maine's Big Z, 105.5 in LA, 92.7 when you're not, 26 degrees, 844. Cool. The more music, better variety, always online at mainsbigz.com. Wrapping up with Sheriff Eric Sampson. Winner in, of course, we're a bigger signal now. Androscoggin County Sheriff Eric Sampson. Thank you. Yeah, I just realized we should probably, you know, I should probably announce it. 
which county you're from because it's not just we're just in the one now there's so. a lot of letters in our email address, yeah i so. feel like there's there's quite a few uh winters and holidays uh, upon us uh, you usually like to give reminders to folks about things to be on the lookout for um yeah. get anything like that yeah as you can see it's snowing right now so uh yeah it's starting just to. started so perfect timing there now we always like to remind people um of course everybody says that you see it all over social media but give yourself more time to get to where you're going during the winter months, especially during inclement weather. Um, you know, let your cars thaw off, defrost, scrape the windows. That's always a good thing to be able to see where you're going. Um, you know, give yourself more time in stopping. You know, where you normally, like I have a teenage daughter who seems to wait to the last minute to break. Give yourself another, you know, 10, 20 feet or so. Appreciate the insurance premiums and safety. Uh, and also, a lot of people uh, need to be reminded pets you know we, t- we talk about dogs and or pets inside cars in the summer but during the winter leaving them outside um you know be mindful of that bring those the, bring the pets in check on your uh elderly neighbors our family members as well um you know i know with during daylight savings or the clock change time we we change the batteries in our fire alarms but things like that with gases or furnaces yeah you know you're seeing more fires now it's that time of year um how about no distracted driving well distracted driving yeah and and, you know pretty soon we're going to have snow banks out here uh where it's going to affect your visibility so those are other things you want to be cautious of but a lot of times on these back roads where you have uh, a high tree line and the sun doesn't hit the road you could be driving along and, and think everything's fine but from the moisture overnight all of a sudden you're on that black ice so um you know Pay attention to what you're doing. Don't be a distracted driver. Stay off the phone. Exactly. <laughs> um, whether texting or on it. I, I see people on it it's on their ear. It's horrifying. You feel like, you know, get it out of your ear. And also holidays, you know, parking lots are full. Uh, Channel 6, I think, put out a little interesting video a little while back. But don't be that guy that's going to, you know, jam up everything in a parking lot, take five spaces or cut people off to get where you want to go. You know, safety is a concern. Kids are running through these parking lots and... Uh, Things of that nature. So it's just you know use caution, think ahead, plan your you know plan your travels accordingly, and we, we'd appreciate that because you know the first snowfall we'll get that you know twenty accidents. Everybody forgot how to drive or didn't take that extra time, and it's it's worth it for everybody's sake to. to but to even do that. people even people walking at dusk and dark um, crossing, and it doesn't matter even if you're in a crosswalk, mm-hmm. people can't see you, and yes. you have to you, you have to be a defensive walker as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and give yourself that time. And, you know, a lot of the accidents, they talk about high speed, but sometimes slow speed can be a little bit harder to judge. So I'd say to those people trying to, you know, cross the street or, or anything like that, there's the, there's the glares and, and you have the snow blindness yeah. that's going to be coming up upon us with, with mm-hmm. even during the sun. So just be cautious of you might think you have time, but if somebody's not seeing you, you know, mm-hmm. get that acknowledgement uh, before you go. And, mm-hmm. you know, hopefully uh, we can all get through the next couple of months safe here. What um, uh, Board of Corrections dissolving? Yes. Board of Corrections dissolve. We talked a little bit about it. Uh, it's our first year back. Um, you know, we back under county control, although state still does contribute uh, statewide. It was uh, $12.2 million, I believe. So it wasn't funded to the level it needed to be. So I think we all experienced, uh, all county facilities experienced a little bit of a financial cut. But um, some of the issues... Uh, We've discovered through it, other than having local control, there's you know where there's a tax cap, um, so that limits how much you can raise for funding. Uh, the funding was reduced as part of it, uh, but also they've set up a formula as far as how they distribute funding, um, what they call bed days. It's based on your inmate population. Well, as you know, we've worked very hard with inmate programs to lower our headcount. We worked with our DA's office 
to kind of, uh, you know, avoid headcount issues and prosecute, you know, get people through the system a little quicker. Um, so that way we didn't have so many people on pretrial stays where they can't participate in programs. Um, but all that hard work, we went from, we'll say a year and a half ago or so being responsible for roughly 190 inmates to 140. It's lowered our population, which is great for the staff. It's great for a lot of reasons, but it's had a financial consequence because the state basically funds jails based on your headcount. Mm. So we've lost a couple hundred thousand dollars in revenue there. But um, I think it's the right thing to do. I think the facility uh, providing inmate workers or putting people to work, getting them, you know, inmates back used to a system. And, you know, some of these people have substance abuse or mental health issues. So having them on that normal routine, you know, doing something that can um, provide some sense of self, it's important things as they get back acclimated to, acclimated to the communities or uh, upon release. But there has been some financial consequences. Overall, though, I think our transition has been very good. Um, other than the finance issue. Sheriff Eric Sampson is in from Anderson County. He comes in bi-monthly usually to come in and keep us up to date on what's going on and where your taxpayer dollars are going, and also to volunteer to give up his office for more space for the uh, dispatch room. Sheriff Sampson, thank you very much. Thank you for having me. More on the way means Big Z. 105.5 in L.A., 92.7 when you're not. Hear this interview on demand at mainsbigz.com.